Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Another one bites the dust. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview. My name is Louis Mendez. On this week's show, we'll be talking about the fact that Ben Garner has been sacked as the Addicts manager on Monday evening. The former Swindon Town boss giving his marching orders after just 20 league games in charge of the Addicts just six months in the Valley hot seat. Thomas Sangard now looking for his fifth permanent manager of his tenure in just over two years of owning the club. Joining me, Louis Mendes, to have that conversation. First up, Mr. Lewis Cahedin, Luke. Yeah, I'm not too bad, mate. How are you? Oh, just uh, riding along on the banter bus as we always are on this on this show, unfortunately. <laughs> Aren't we just, mate? Aren't we yeah. just? No, I'm a bit tired. I'm, I'm, I'm like I'm tired in that I'm tired of it all, but I'm also tired in that I'm just, just tired. So I got in at three o'clock, coming back from Stockport, uh, and I've had to get up for work this morning. So I'm pretty knackered physically, but also uh, joining us a man who knows all about early mornings, uh, Mr. Mark Newby. How do you, Mark? I'm all right, mate. Actually, I'm glad we got Lewis on tonight because obviously, being a fans rep, he'll be the one who's organising the next manager coming in. So it's good to have him here. I'm fairly confident he will be the next manager. I think that's why he was voted in. We, but, we um, all get a turn sometimes. I think it's like yeah. being in the Sugar Babes. It's 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 one of those things. <laughs> yeah, I, so. I really did enjoy your stint in the Sugar Babes, Mark. Um, criminally underrated, in my opinion. Hey, I've got the legs for it, mate. So I'm all right. Uh, I feel physically sick. Right. So uh, on tonight's show, then, as I said, we're going to talk about the dismissal uh, of. Ben Garner, we've got so many comments from fans, tweets, emails, you know, the uh, the noises are getting sort of ratcheted up a little bit again about protests now. We're going to read out the, the statement from the Supporters Trust. We saw a banner last night at Stockport. We will, of course, look back at that game uh, with Stockport. We'll talk about the fact that Anthony Hayes has been put in temporary charge. I did ask him last night if he th- is thinking about going for the job uh, full-time, so we'll hear him talk about that. We'll talk about that FA Cup defeat uh, up at Stockport, and we will, of course, uh, look ahead to Saturday's game. Well, it's a long old trip back up to the northwest to face Morecambe, uh, bottom of the league. Morecambe, who knows uh, what's going to happen in that game as well. I'm sure nothing can go wrong when you play bottom of the league. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll be fine. So, um, Lewis, uh, we can't even sack a manager in a normal way because it went, it went asked about face the way it happened. So the rumours were swirling around on Sunday evening, um, and uh, you know, obviously th- those were brought to our attention, and uh, we, you know, I messaged Rich. I said, look, I don't know if you've seen these. I've heard it from a couple of fans now. And then it was on Twitter not long after. And we were like, well, let's go straight to the horse's mouth. Let's speak to Mr. Thomas Sangard. Richard emailed Thomas Sangard. And he came back and said that he hadn't sacked Ben Garner. So that's why we were in a position. Because it literally came from Thomas Sangard to say that he hadn't been sacked. Uh, and then on Monday, it turned out he had been sacked. So it looks like he took training. So we're, I'm, surely the fact that the information was out there means that someone's leaked it. And, well, there's only, I guess, two people who get involved with making that decision. So it's a 50-50. Uh, which one of the sand guys do you want to accuse on that? That's a guess, obviously. Um, but, um, yeah, he took training. And then he was told he was sacked. 
over uh, over a call by the sounds of it. I think Thomas was back in the States by then. Um, yeah, so you can't even sack a manager normally, Lewis. What, did, what, what have you made of that whirlwind 24 hours at the start of the week? Um, difficult, to be honest. I was, I was incredibly disappointed um, to see Ben go, um, especially in the manner that he did. Um, I felt that it, it tarnished ever so slightly the, the 30th um, anniversary of heading back to the Valley on Monday, a day, you know, massive in our history, um, tarnished yet again by, by some real poor form, if I'm, if I'm honest, with, with the way it was handled. Of course, uh, results haven't been there over the last sort of couple of weeks. And when you look at where we are on the table and, and our record in the league, it's not great. Um, but a lot of the narrative that came out when Ben was appointed was that, you know, he would be given time um, and that he would be given a few transfer windows to get his ideal squad. And less than six months later, um, he's he's let go. And I'm, I'm disappointed. And, and while some of the results haven't been good enough, and, and obviously it's been difficult viewing, um, watching Charlton this season, of course, but I, th- I still think that there was there was a lot to be done um, from Ben's side. I, I think that he had something to give. Um, I thought he came across very well as a coach and a manager. Um, I like the style of play, although there were some flaws maybe with the, the playing personnel that we have to try and play that style of play. But ultimately, I think the, the the noise that came out from him towards the end, especially after that Port Vale game, was maybe the writing on the wall. Um, and then I was I was a little bit confused by the lineup on Friday as well. And that almost felt like a look... Thomas, this is where we are. We need investment, sort of, sort of standout. Um, when he when he listed that team uh, against Cheltenham, we lost that, and then yeah, we we heard the murmurings of it over the weekend. I think I texted you on the Sunday saying I'd I'd seen something online, and it was all sort of very much brushed under the carpet and hush hush, and no, not happening. And then twenty four hours later, um, we're we're looking for our fifth manager uh, under this ownership, and. It's a massive concern because I think the the stability of this football club has suffered enough over the last, you know, for as long as I can remember, at least the, the last eight years under under Roland and ESI and now Thomas. Um, I think that it makes the decision to sack Johnny Jackson in the summer even more baffling because they've brought in their man to do a job and play a brand of football that they want and they've given him six months to do that. Um, yeah, a, a lot of it for me doesn't sit right. Um, and I'm I'm incredibly disappointed to see Ben leave. Mm. Um, yeah, what did you make of the decision, Mark? I guess you, I mean you had confidently predicted on the show twice that Ben Garner would be gone by a Christmas. Uh, I don't know if you if you have him down as a temporary shift at the restaurant over over the Christmas break or something, <laughs> but um, you, you seem to have the inside yeah. track there. Yeah. Um, were, were you surprised? I mean, is it is it a case of Thomas playing a bit of the blame game there? Yeah, I'm not surprised. It gives me no satisfaction to, to, to be right like that because, you know, yeah, I, I'm one of those people who was disappointed, you know, with Jacko going and the appointment of Ghana because it did seem like he was brought in to play football the way Thomas wants it played, not the way it should be played, as in it's up to the manager to decide game by game, style by style. Uh, this past people to death style playing out from the back with players who can't do it, you know, it was with no investment. I think he was in a no-win situation. I think you're right. I think the Friday night's game was a case of, look, this is where we are now. 
I've got to drop people because they're not good enough. I've got to bring in 17 year olds. And that's what we've, that's all we've got. Um, it's, it's difficult because you just don't know now. Yes, there's always going to be people out there who throw their hats in a ring and, and you think, but why? Why would you want to come to us? There's, you can point to the history and the ground, blah, blah, but you know, you've only got to talk to people within the game and they're going to say, really? And you want to go there? I mean, it was a surprise when Bowie went to Birmingham with their owners. And I think we're in the same situation. People are going to go, if you go there, you're not going to be backed. You're not going to have the resources to do what you need to do. And before you know it, you know, sign yourself up to a a year's contract because he'll probably pay you off after six months. And I do feel sorry for Garner in a way because he hasn't had the personnel to play away. We've had injuries. We haven't had the investment. But on the other hand, you've got to be strong enough to say, right, this is what I'm going to do. We are going to play this way. If we're going to play boring stuff and get some nil-nils and draws and not lose, that's how it's going to be until we get the players back where we need them. So I don't know. I can't. I, all I just thought myself, as soon as he's cleared customs and he's back home, unwrapping his Toblerone, he's very brave, pick up the phone, yeah, you're gone. I'm thinking, that's two for two now. People were a bit like, oh, yeah, but Jacko had to go. And I'd think to myself, being sacked over the phone is a coward's way. It really is. And, you know, what little respect people have for him has just literally dribbled out, which is why you saw the protests at the game last night. Mm, yeah, I mean, the the tide has slowly been turning over the last few months, I think, against the ownership of, of Thomas Sangard. You know, I think at the time of the uncertainty that followed Johnny Jackson's sacking, and remember how long it took for, for Ben Garner to come in, there there were some concerns. You know, we raised some with, with the owner in the summer on, on Radio London. We spoke to him at the Player of the Year dinner, and, and we were raising concerns that evening about the, the personnel behind the scenes at the club and the the way the football inside of the club is run, the way the non-football inside of the club is run. I think it would it was always going to take results on the pitch going south for everyone to really realise what was happening. And I'm not saying it wasn't picked up by others before, but that's why we're now seeing the, I'd suggest, uh, sort of uh, masses of Charlton fans starting to, to see what's happening here and we're starting to hear hear that unrest. Yeah, we're seeing the supporters trust statements, we're seeing statements and, and videos from other fans who are calling for, for protests. You know, it's out there now. It is happening. We saw a banner at the game at Stockport last night. We're searching for our fifth permanent manager in just over two years. We've had, I'd say now, at least three. You know, Boyer walked, so we don't we never really got to the the bottom of why Boya felt the time was right to leave to go to another madhouse <laughs> but certainly the last three managers have between them publicly or privately expressed concerns at the way the football inside of the business is run the professionalism of the outfit it's chaos Lewis it's absolute chaos behind the scenes at the valley and it's just a case as it has been for a long long time now at a frying pan into the fire back into the frying pan for a bit. You know, we're rebounding between fire, fire, fires and frying pans non-stop. I'm getting too hot. Yeah, and, and it's it hurts because it, it almost feels like what have we done as a football club to deserve to be put through the mire time and time again. You know, it, it's so disappointing. And what annoys me the most is, it, is that this ownership almost had a free hit after how bad it did get 
um, to come in here and make a difference, you know, to salvage the club off the back of that ESI debacle in the middle of lockdown when nobody could go. That felt like a really low point in our history when, you know, fans couldn't get in grounds and we were up in the air. We didn't know if we were going to have a football club by the time fans were allowed back in stadiums. Um, we we got over that one. Thomas came in and it was greeted with, you know, the a justified amount of excitement because of that. Um, it feels to me like advice has been ignored along the way, massively. Um, along the way, he's probably been offered a lot of valuable advice from a lot of valuable people that, that know Charlton Athletic very well and, and live and breathe Charlton Athletic um, and maybe hasn't taken that up. And I think we're now seeing the, the results of of that that sort of inexperience within the game um the way as you say the football side is run um with martin heading up a lot of that with with no real background in um in football um and obviously thomas especially this season been being a little bit more us based you question who over here is running the football club on the day to day who is making those tough decisions who is you know, monitoring the performances of everything on and off the pitch. It, it's it's a real struggle because, you know, this isn't, it's, it's not a, it's not a toy, this football club. It, it's a big, it's a big thing. It's an important and valuable thing to a lot of people. Um, and it's difficult at the moment to see where we go from here. You know, even for me, like being, being in this fan advisor role, it, it's opened my eyes massively as to how, how difficult this is becoming now. Um, you know, and and something does need to happen. Um, it, it's it's difficult to see where we go, mate. If if I'm honest, it, it seems like there is so much, so much damage being done, uh, and so much trust has been lost between owner and supporter, that it's hard to see how this is salvaged, and and it's hard to see that how this is rescued now. Mm. I, I said it last night on on Radio London after the game. Um, yeah, and it's not something I said sort of reactionary. It's because I did sort of put it in, in some analysis on the sport website the other day as well. But, I mean, in terms of on the field, this is the worst it's ever been, Mark, in Charlton's history, ever. You know, so we've, we've been promoted after three seasons maximum in League One each time we've dropped into it, into the third tier, since we were first promoted from this level, uh, I think it was at the end of the 20s. So, I mean, statist- statistically... We have to wait till the summer for it to be our worst ever. Ed. But you know, we're looking at a team that's, you know, just got knocked out of the FA Cup by a team in from from the, the lower division for the first time in seven or eight years. Uh, we 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 aren't going to go up. You know, we, we the, the direction of travel, unfortunately, at the moment is is further down the table. You know, we're we're injury prone. We give away stupid goals all the time, and obviously that's frustrating on a personal level for the players involved. But on on a club level, it's about the the level of recruitment that's happened over the last last few seasons, you know, and and, and being on the lowest ever ebb also isn't isn't a six week thing. It's something that's you know probably running over from last year as well because we had this this sh- this shock to the system last season. Don't forget we only just missed out on the playoffs the year before. Um, you know when when Bowyer and, and then Adkins did what uh, worked well miracles. Now you have to uh, you have to say. Um, the last two seasons have been a disaster and we certainly didn't learn the lesson of last season. So we're, we're chopping and changing managers all the time on the pitch. 
we're, we're the worst it's ever been off the pitch. You know, we, we've lost our home ground at times. Don't forget, at that time, we, we did get promoted, funnily enough, to the, to the fir- old first division. So I, I don't think I could argue off the pitch, though probably not a million miles off it in terms of the chaos at the moment. But like I say, we're still at the Valley, so that's that's one thing. But uh, Thomas Angard has come in with, with all these promises to the club. And it's not all his own work, you know. We were on a downward spiral after ESI and after Ro- and you know, after the end of Roland, um, you know, particularly what, with what we've happened with with ESI. But he certainly hasn't made it better, which is what he was promising to do. And he's overseen us drop into the the worst we've ever been. Yeah, it's it's a it's a horrible feeling. I mean, obviously, I'm closer to Terry's age than your age, so I can go back. I mean, I went to Selhurst. I went to West Ham, you know, and finally we get back home. And you just think to yourself, right, this is it. This is a new chapter. We're slowly going to rebuild. We're going to target 10,000, which we had to do because we had to get back almost a generation of fans who, who we'd lost in being away from the Valley. Then it was, right, build up a bit more, build up, and it was a gradual thing. And we had people in place who said, right, this is what the plan is going to be. We're not going to try and run before we can walk. I mean, let's try to crawl first. Um, but there was always something about us as a club, even through our nomad years over at Crystal Palace, over at West Ham, there was always something about us. You know, there was always, I don't say a hardcore of, of fans who either went or didn't go, but were still Charlton. And it's hard to see, right, every time this happens, this hardcore gets almost smaller and smaller because people are going, you know what, it's depressing. I, I can't keep doing this. It's, you feel like, you know, you have to, but it's, you can understand people going, you know what, I'm out of love with the club, out of love almost with the game. And we're consistently, this season, and it's a weird thing because we, we've talked about games where we have been fantastic. I mean, we talk about the Plymouth game and we talk about the Ipswich game. and But we've also been consistently terrible and just making, like you say, the same mistakes with the same personnel and nothing seemed to change it. We'd have one good win. You're thinking, right, this could, is this going to kickstart us? No, it's a draw, a draw, a defeat. And then you're thinking, why can't why can't we push on? when we do something really good and it's like you say i think it literally is it's generating through the club there obviously we know we've lost good people involved in the club and you don't know well you know the players get paid to turn up and play but obviously there's so much wrong behind the scenes and they just can't keep relying on a group of fans to get together i mean i'd i'd be surprised now i'm calling it now the, the meeting which is supposed to go ahead with um um, for Supporters Trust and Thomas I don't think that's going to go ahead because I don't think he's going to put himself in a position where people are going to try and nail him to the wall with with any kind of facts or statements or something like that his whole idea is oh don't worry about it just turn up and support the team and it's um, so there's only sort of like ostriches who can bury their heads in the sand that much and you know he, like I say he's refused it's been pretty much documented he's refused to listen to anybody advice not people come in and saying look you should do it like this people have come in and genuinely said look we love the club this is how we can help this is what you know you need to be doing this is who you need to be putting in place someone who can do this someone who can do this it was just like oh no no running a football club's really easy my son once had a trial for qpr he knows what he's on about 
and just like, oh man, alive! It's 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 a ridiculous situation where obviously the guy's way too proud to go. You know what? I really ballsed up there. I really made a huge whopper. I need help. Right? Who can I ask for help? You know, ask Curbs. Ask sort of like Peter Varney. Ask someone to say, right, what do we need? We need a decent CEO. We need to get some people in place. I'll step back. I'll stay in Denver, you know, plucking on my guitar. And I'll I'll run it that way. And then, you know, get it back to an even keel. So there's so much wrong. It's really hard and difficult to say, right, this is where we need to start. Obviously, on the pitch would be like, let's get it sorted on the pitch. There's no signs of green shoots of any recovery there. So you're saying to yourself, right, manager, background, everything. And like Lewis said, it is getting now dangerously close to going exactly how it was under Roland. And then we're going to be going, right, who's, who's going to buy us this time? Who's going to buy us this mm. time? Well, I think that's where we are now. I think, you know, we've started to see the, the screw turn in, in favour of fan engagement. You know, if if that's the right word, I think protest is probably there. We saw the first banner. Uh, well, the first banner inside a stadium last night. Obviously, there was a banner on on a house down Floyd Road a few weeks ago, uh, and and the fan who whose uh, whose family lived there um, has got more banners out now. So as Dodger, who a lot of you know, he's certainly more of the uh, uh, the uh, I guess proactive uh, form of of protest that that started to kick off from his side. From the like we say, we saw the banner in the ground last night from the supporters trust side. Um, you know, they've uh, you, Mark mentioned there. So there's going to be a fans forum meeting, which isn't just the supporters trust, but other supporters groups as well on the 15th of December uh, with Thomas Sangar. Before that, uh, this coming Monday, uh, the supporters trust uh, is going to be the 12th of uh, are going to arrange an online meeting um, just to sort of I, I don't know get get fan groups together and try and decide. Uh, what's going to be next? That the supporters trust did also reveal, uh, well, release, I should say, a statement last night, um, which I didn't actually see till I got home from from Stockport at stupid o'clock in the morning. It says our oh, their report, uh, their statement says our football club finds itself at its lowest ebb in living memory in terms of on the pitch results and performances. Fans have lost all confidence in the current ownership's desire and ability to turn this around. We have a long history of fan engagement and activism at Charlton. There's going to be this meeting uh, on Monday at 7 with the goal of bringing the fan base together to agree how we proceed from here. Thomas is uh, due to attend that fans forum meeting on the Thursday of the 15th of uh, December. Uh, they said they'll be seeking clear intentions, asking him how he intends to ensure that Charlton aren't relegated to our lowest ever league position, uh, a major risk given our trajectory under this uh, ownership and about fans' concerns regarding off and off the pitch culture. And then more importantly, or most importantly, it says, uh, we will be asking him when is he going to sell and what kind of buyer he envisions selling to. After so many four storms, we need an owner here uh, with the genuine desire and ability to invest in Charlton's future. So look, we're, we're at that stage now. I thought, I did think we'd get there eventually. Um, but, you know, different bits and pieces of the, of the supporters... Uh, Groups out there and and the uh, the supporter community out there are ready for that stage. You know, I think uh, we've been pretty clear on on this show. We we don't see a way forward as things stand. You know, Mark was talking about Thomas dropping a whopper. I think that there's people inside the club who are just about qualified to be making whoppers at Burger King, but probably not to be in the footballing positions they are inside the football club. You know, it's a, it's a shambles, Lewis, and and it's no surprise now to see that, like I say, different elements of the fan base are 
starting to take the action that you'd expect from them. Yeah, it's no it's no surprise at all. Um and it's something that, you know, we I'm I'm sort of looking forward to seeing how it pans out with with everyone because you know this football club is is special and the way that you know we we always take this, we always take the the front foot if you like as supporters and we'll always fight tooth and nail to do what it takes to either save or rescue the best interest of this football club. Um I'll be attending the cast meeting on on Monday for sure, and, and I'll, I'll be at fans forum obviously on the Thursday too. So, um, I you know I'm looking forward to seeing the responses from from the ownership as well. Um, there's a lot of questions to be answered, you know, a lot of questions to be answered. Um, there's a lot of unrest at the moment, a lot of a lot of unsettlement, which probably is reflecting on the pitch as well. Really, when you think about it, um, and where we are at the moment in the league, we've got a massive game this weekend against Morecambe. That's that's a huge game now, and you know if if we lose that it's only going to heighten the the uh the the protest and and ramp up the anger even more with this as well so you know we've got a we've got a lot a lot going on over over the next week or so and and I'm I'm really backing you know cast and and everybody to to put the the tough questions forward and find out what's going on because you know it's pretty evident that it can't go on the way it is now because as you say it's becoming completely untenable and you know we're in a we're in a very dangerous position, and I and I think your description you said last night about us being the lowest ebb on on the pitch is is bang on, and and that's massively concerning. You know we're going backwards uh, with when he came in with these big you know um, we're going to blow the league apart, we're going to get promoted, we're going to be in the Premier League in five year expectations. I don't think even he'd have thought that we'd be in this position now. You know three what three years two years on, and we're as you say our lowest ebb on the pitch in our mm-hmm. history and it and it's absolutely devastating you know it's it's, it's soul destroying you I know mean, I turned off last night before the end because I couldn't take it I could not take watching it anymore sure. because it is too soul destroying you missed a comeback um <laughs> um it's it's interesting isn't it because I think cuz don't forget I mean, we we were lower in the league table at stages last season but the reason why I feel that now is worse is because we, we know what the mantra is now. We know it's cost-cutting, it's break-even, it's no ambition. That's why I feel it's worse now. That That's why we are... You know, you, you could take you could write last season off if this season was done properly as a blip, but it's not, and it's becoming a pattern. And actually, like I say, it's, it's a downhill slope from here with the, the noises that have been coming out recently. And, and again, it was always going to take for, you know, I, I'd say the people who listen to this show are probably some of the more engaged fans and the people who are on the forums or on Twitter, are probably some of the more engaged fans. There's thousands of fans out there who don't listen to Charlton Live, don't go on, on, on any of the forums, don't don't go on Twitter, who really probably didn't understand about the the concerning workplace culture behind the place, the concerning footballing appointments behind the place. Um, it will only come out when they see it in results. And that's why I think it's picked up a bit more traction this time because the results are so concerning. It has led to the departure of manager Ben Garner, as we've been speaking about. You know, there's Not all the fans are devastated about Ben going, the same as when Jacko went. There were fans who were quite happy to see the manager go. But like I've said, I've probably said it when, when Jacko was here as well, really. It's a pattern and we can't keep blaming the manager when the same thing happens time and time and time again. Um, so yeah, this is where we are now. Let's have a look at some. I've got loads of messages. I mean, this is this show is going to overrun already. I, I could tell you. Um, we will have a quick look back at the, um, the the cup game, and we will hear from Anthony Hayes actually because he is the caretaker manager. Try and maybe have a couple of guesses about who's coming next. But let's get some fans' voices on the uh, Charlton Live show this week because this is a real critical time for the supporters. Gary said he thought 
the uh, decision was an absolute joke to sack Ben Garner. Uh, when is Skint Guard going to realise that he is the problem, the cretin, and needs to just sell up as soon as possible? Bob said, sand guard out and let's all get back for the Brighton game. Uh, yeah, of course, that was uh, you know a bit of a... Uh, a, a bit of a, uh, a message being sent out by Peter Varney to, to get back for the Brighton game to showcase the club. We saw that trending attempt during the week with the Mod Mag and, and, and the chaps involved with that as well. So who knows what's going to happen with that. Uh, Carrie says, I wonder if they're going to sack uh, the manager every time they get too many dis- uh, losses in a row. It feels like they don't get to the possibilities to get to know the team and build for better or worse. I wonder who will be the next move. That's from Carrie. Cheers, Carrie. Paul says, the signs were there long ago about Thomas Sangard and his exploits. Uh, down the pub, uh, finally showed what I thought. Sangard out, he isn't, and he was never interested in Charlton or the supporters. All this, uh, it was all talk like the crooks before, 2% of Roland's time, and we were somehow a stronger club uh, back then. Dan says, I've totally lost interest now. I used to take my eldest to the Valley, and I've been meaning to take my youngest the last couple of years. I can't justify doing that to him. I love him uh, too much. Tom says, it's an awful decision. Jacko was sacked for not playing a certain style of football. Garner tried to play that type of football, uh, but he wasn't backed with the players he needed and then was sacked for it. Our club is a misery at the moment. I'm just losing the enthusiasm to go to games. Uh, Facts and Stats said, 20 league games in charge of a football club is not long enough if you want stability. Mike Bailey and Chris Powell had exactly the same win uh, rate percentage after 20 league games as Garner and went on to bring happier times to the Valley you need to back your manager uh, with time and with funds Dan says a lack of urge commitment and energy in the FA Cup game proves that Garner isn't all the problem as well Sangard out uh, let's get back for Brighton uh, Jonathan West uh, well I saw it from the upbeat he expressed his disappointment at uh, the manager being sacked earlier on in the week uh, as well Michael said it's a proper mess now another change in direction Bo left Adkins didn't work out Jacko wasn't his choice but now Ben is the second manager he's appointed and then sacked halfway through the season we can't deny it any longer he's the sort of owner who keeps doing this it's not good uh, Mono says let's face it he could bring in Pep and they're still the same uh, with, the, <laughs> with, with the lack of investment I'm not expecting him to spend millions but starting the season with only one and a half forwards and the rest from the under 21s uh, isn't really good enough we were really lucky with Miles Lieburn doing as well as he did before getting injured and not just that but the squad is lacking depth everywhere Martin uh, who I know made the trip up to Stockport last night said it was a ridiculous decision he didn't get backed in the window yet again uh, Ben Garner has become the scapegoat Simon says it's heartbreaking we go from one useless owner to another Uh, none of them listen uh, to the fan base Um, this club needs stability we can't keep changing managers every six months DCS said I don't think anyone thinks Ben Garner was the actual problem but he wasn't exactly pulling up trees his squad selection comments to the media and lack of plan B exposed him as very naive not sure where we go from here but League 2 seems like a distinct uh, possibility Mike said not too fussed about losing Ben Garner but I am concerned that we keep sacking another manager it's a rudderless ship uh, with no strategy uh, to regain uh, control Tangard has taken on more than he can handle Sandmouth says uh, impossible task for Ghana last year it was a poor team then you take out Washington and Pierce adding three league two players two lower league one players and a couple of loans add to that he must entertain and play attractive football with the above uh, players he was a sitting duck next land please to the slaughter and inner spaces honestly I like the style that Ben Garner wanted to play if he'd won some of those draws he wouldn't be complaining however he didn't have the players and was right to dig out Thomas Sangard and paid the price for his criticism well we've spoken a lot about the owner I guess we do have to focus on the manager himself who's been sacked I mean I guess the you will always look at results and see well, what, what, what could the manager have done differently. You know, that was part of the conversation we had when Jacko was let go. You know, what, what could he have done differently last season? Mark, what would you have liked to see Ben Garner do a little bit differently? 
Um, well, it, it it did mean when it, when he sort of like stopped trying to do the playing out for everything and resort to a four four two, we we looked better. And I don't know. I think I'd rather he was it came in his own man. It, and it's hard to say because obviously he's been brought in to play a certain way, and we ain't said we've got to play this way. But we've been found out. We got found out after five games. Clubs saw how we were playing and went, right, this is what we can do. We can press you up high because you don't have the skills to hold on to it. You don't have anyone up front who's going to hold on to it. And we're going to push you back. We're going to push you back. You're going to be so deep. You're going to leave a huge gap between the 18-yard, the box and the halfway line, which our midfielders will have strikes from there and score from. And we've been found out. And tactically... No, I saw someone say, you know, he was, you know, we've got a League Two manager with League Two players, and technically we're going to be a League Two side next year. Um, it's it's difficult because obviously it was we're going we're just raking over the whole same coals again. We didn't have the investment, so we didn't have enough strikers for reliance on a young kid. Chucks is well documented, can't do more, and as he proved last night. With all people saying, oh, Chuck should start, Chuck should start. It showed last night why Chucks doesn't start. And it showed there was no depth, there was no one on. And then the second half, we have no striker. And you think to yourself, even if Garner was there, and because the eight under-18s had played the night before, we couldn't put sort of like Karoy Jenkins and um, Carnu on, even on the bench. So we were that short of players. You know, can, can he change it up a bit more? We were just, when you chop and change too much, your players don't know, like if, last night was a perfect example, your players not knowing what they were doing. Um, so, again, do I have sympathy for him? I do, because he didn't get what he thought he was going to get. But on the other hand, for, for saying, obviously agreeing in a meeting with him, yeah, I'll definitely play this way. You've, you've made a rod for your own back. You really have. You've said, yeah, this is what we're going to do. And then you found it doesn't work. Go, well, I want to change it. The owner said, oh, hold on. We agreed we're going to play this way. It's going to be more exciting. Yeah, you can have 600 passes across the back. You know, spend 90% of the time in your own half. But it's not interesting. It doesn't get us results. And it achieves absolutely nothing. So, <sighs> Look, sometimes it's easy to be wise after the event and Garner might turn around and go, well, I wish I'd been able to do this. You know, doesn't really count for anything. You didn't do it. I mean, mm. he, he did what he could with what he had available and Friday night was a perfect example of that. Yeah, there we go. Right, let's have a look at some of the emails that have come in as well since the sacking uh, of Ben Garner. Ken said, it's my fault he's been sacked at the last year's per the year dinner. Thomas Sangard uh, promised me he'd buy me a drink if we made the playoffs. He's obviously panicking. It's looking like a dodgy deal, so being tight, he'd rather than buy me a drink. He's stooping to uh, last uh, resorts as well. Right, John says that the problem with Thomas is, as an owner, he thinks that because he's managed to create one successful business in a particular field, he can do it in another. The worst business anyone can get involved in is football. And if you're an outsider, your chances of making it uh, a go of it are nil. If Thomas swallowed his pride and his ego, he would have contacted the likes of Peter Varney, who knows as well as anybody how this strange business works, and say it's over to you. Uh, Thomas implies that he had handpicked Garner. I got the feeling that Thomas uh, painted this wonderful picture of Garner 
getting full packing uh, with uh, money to buy in players. Once Garner signed, the money and the promises uh, disappeared. I feel sorry for Garner, let down by the lack of key players that he wanted, and then all of those injuries uh, as well. That's from uh, John. Cheers, John Roberts said, do you think Garner's comments following the Port Vale game and his team selection for Cheltenham was a back me or sack me statement for Sangard to act upon, which he did? I mean... People were saying to me on the Friday night, or is he, try- is he trying to get sacked? People said to me after that interview at Port Vale, goodness me, is he trying to get sacked? I mean, do, do you f- it was a statement to the owner, really. You know, and, and For Ben's sake, he's probably got out at the right time and he's got the message out there that all isn't right at the club. So in a way, he has protected his reputation there, I guess, a little bit, Lewis. Yeah, I think he has. I, mean, I don't know if it would be like, here I am, come and sack me. I think, especially the Cheltenham selection, I think it'd be more like, this is where we are, you know, we're at bare bones. This is the sort of team I can put out. This is your strongest 11. What are you going to do about it in January? I think that that was more the more the message. But I mean, either way, it, he got sacked. So it's, <laughs> I don't know if that was his overall intention, but you're right. I think he's he's come out of it. And obviously the reaction of him going has been very much negative towards towards Thomas rather than people saying, thank God for that. You know, when it got announced that Ben had gone, there was no oh, good, you know, we need to get someone else in. It's about time. He's not been good enough. It's been met quite negatively. So, um, yeah, he's probably given his reputation. Um, you know, he's, he's protected it there, I think, by by making those statements up at, up at Port Vale and, and the selection against Cheltenham. Mm, certainly right. Steve um, said, uh, I've been going Charlton since uh, 1985. It's becoming beyond embarrassing. We've faced two challenges off the pitch in that time, but Sangard must realise he's out of his depth. His naive dream is over. Sell the club. Put some people in charge who know what they're doing. If not, forget League 2, National League. Beckons. Yeah, well, we have seen some big clubs end up in the National League. Uh, I it won't come to that. <laughs> Staggering mismanagement uh, in the recent years is depressing. Loyal fans are being taken for mugs. Turn up on mass for Brighton, but fair enough. But a mass boycott then is required to force the issue. Uh, well, Steve says, what do you guys think is the answer? I mean, other than selling the club, but you know, you have to hope it's, it's someone sensible who comes in, really. I think one thing we should all do, if if and when the club does eventually get sold, is we should all be on our guard this time <laughs> and uh, not just be happy that we've moved on from one owner to another. David says, uh, what a showcase... Uh, to anyone, just how bad we are, and it's all down to you, Mr. Sangard, last night on the telly. Do you think he regrets buying the club? Uh, can we stop playing his annoying song before matches? Well, whether he regrets it or not, I imagine he, he must realise he's bitten off more he can chew than he can chew. I can't imagine they'll stop playing the song until he's gone. <laughs> I can't see him agreeing to that. Right, Chris says, uh, Hi, everyone. It's a woeful performance against Stockport. Uh, keep playing like that, and relegation is not off the cards. If we don't get the investment the club needs, it feels like we need a pragmatic manager to get the best out of the squad rather than worrying about the style of play. It'll be interesting to see if Thomas is there uh, for the Bristol Rovers or Brighton games. So keep smiling. That's for Chris. So we're trying our best, Chris. Uh, Dean said, uh, Sangard, out, pass it on. Hearing a takeover is done and uh, being announced soon. I'm not aware of... Uh, Anything along those lines, I'm afraid, Dean. I'd be uh, absolutely shocked if that was the case. Um, please just say yes. <laughs> yeah, I can't say yes, unfortunately. I think your pod is the only thing keeping me connected to the club at the moment. Uh, keep up the outstanding work, guys. That's from Dean. Uh, cheers, Dean. Thanks very much. And then finally, Jerry says, uh, whilst I wasn't a great lover of Ben's style of play, it's too uh, much slow, boring, directionless possession and not enough entertaining and accurate attacking. I think changing the manager misses the point. The squad is weaker than last season. Recruitment is poor again. 
I don't seem to have seen any uh, learning of the lessons from last season's loss of momentum due to struggles with injuries to both attack and defence without adequate replacements. Stockley has been hung out to dry as he hasn't fitted the manager's style. Chooks can only just about manage 45 minutes and is an injury uh, waiting to happen. After they took Chooks off last night, the forward line was a joke made up of inconsistent non-scoring wingers. Uh, with one to aim across that, I think Ben uh, should have adapted to his preferred style to make better use of Stockley, uh, given the lack of alternatives. And with all due respect to Lee Byrne, etc., it's not really fair to rely on the young players as we should have learnt from last season. I fear that Trump will get into a relegation spiral due to lack of confidence, injuries to a weak squad, and a lack of consistency. I think Sangard has made a lot of mistakes and lacks insight, but I f- don't feel hopeful that there are better owners out there waiting to invest heavily into a sinking club. I do hope that we learn uh, at the very least that he needs to invest in the squad in January so there is some positivity injected for the second half of the season uh, and the new manager has something to work with and build on. It all feels a bit depressing and a bit hopeless. I'm not motivated to pay around £70 for a ticket and train fares to watch boring and rubbish football. That's from Jerry. Well, what a mess. What a mess we find ourselves in. Let's have a quick break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about the, uh, well... Who's out there? Who could be the next addicts boss? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Jaden Stockley. Charlton Live. Well, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is uh, officially the big match preview. We will look ahead to the Morecambe game later on. Um, but well, yeah, we've spoken a lot about the state of the club um, and, and uh, yeah, the, the sacking of Ben Garner. But I guess we do have to try and look at it as well. Who might be the next manager as well? Now, currently uh, in the hot seat, Anthony Hayes, who made the step up from the academy, uh, sort of a bit in bits and pieces last season uh full-time this year first team coach uh he's the caretaker boss uh, at the moment I did speak to Anthony after the game at Stockport last night uh, and I asked him if he had any thoughts about going for the job full-time to be honest Louis I haven't given it any thought it's, it's purely been a case of managing managing myself hour by hour and um, like I said it's, it's not been a an easy couple of days uh whirlwind really in terms of planning and organising even the logistics of um, of the trip being up north so uh, now my focus will be on reviewing this game uh, we'll have some time to do that tomorrow 
and preparing the players as best we can for Morgan. We saw, I mean, obviously for you as, as caretaker boss, it's a tough thing to talk about, but there were some unhappy fans here today with, with a banner, and obviously we know about the, the culture at the club is something that, that Ben's spoken about a lot at the moment. Is, is it a difficult place to work at the moment overall? I wouldn't say it's a difficult place to come and work. Obviously, it's it, it makes things more difficult when you're not winning games of football, but I think what we have to try and be is consistent in our behaviours and control what we can. Uh, and What we like to control is how we train, how we play. And at the minute, we need to play better to win football matches, and we're not doing that. So, like I said, the only the only group of people that can change that is the staff that are here, the players that are in their change room, and by working together, we'll have a better chance of being successful on the grass. Because we're not a million miles away. We're not a million miles away from turning this around. Um, but in terms of coming into work every day, for me, it's the best job in the world. There we go. So, uh, he's playing his cards close to his chest, I guess, with, um, with whether he wants to go for it full-time at the moment, Lewis. Um options out there have you had much thought about who's out there obviously Anthony is one option um I guess you've got the likes of uh was it Dean Holden who's been linked with us from Bristol City Manager Neil Redfern I mean I don't I very rarely pay too much attention to any names that get linked at this stage of the uh of of, of the process and it's a process we're all too used to now at this moment have, have you had any any thoughts about who should come and join our uh shit show not really. <laughs> it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, I think I heard you um, yesterday on BBC London saying about, you know, the early markets and it's, it's difficult to really pay any attention, isn't it, to, to bookies and stuff like that because I think names just get touted about by agents, etc. You know, I think I think we Dean Holden is, is obviously one at the top of the list, but I'd be very surprised. I think he's linked with an assistant job with Brentford, which I think at the moment is probably more appealing than, than taking over here. Um, Can you see Anthony going for it? Uh, I don't know. To be honest, I, I don't think I'd want him to because I think he's still so fresh in his in his coaching career that th- this sort of job at this stage of where we are as a football club could make could break him completely. And I don't think he deserves that. You know, I, I listened to his his interview in the week. You know, seventeen years or so he's been pushing for these uh, for his pro license and everything, and he's worked incredibly hard and he's he's incredibly well thought of at the football club and and he's done very well with some of the younger players but I think at the state we are at the moment as a football club it would be incredibly unfair to put all that pressure on Anthony as a young manager uh, and a young coach um, so I'd, for me I don't think I'd like to see him take it purely on that basis that's not, nothing to do with his abilities as a manager I think it's just where we are as a club it would be very easy for him to become the full guy maybe with that with that inexperience Um I like the look of Liam Richardson. I've seen he's he's sort of in and around on the market after leaving Wigan. I think he's somebody I quite like the look of. I don't think Dean Holden would be the worst appointment, to be honest. But we have to be realistic in, in who's going to want to come uh, you know, and manage us at this current stage. Because if you'd have watched it last night and, and seen that team, look at the table, see that we're sat you know, in 17th place the sort of unrest among the supporter base towards the ownership you know there's a lot of things there that that make this an incredibly tough job for whoever comes in um so i think really we we can't be too picky on who we end up getting um but if i had to pick somebody if you put me on the spot i think i'd i'd quite like liam richardson as as a realistic appointment Mm, yeah, well, let's see uh, how that pans out. We do have to look back at last night's FA Cup tie uh, up at Stockport County. The Addicts uh, were taken to a replay, of course, by the League Two side after that 2-2 draw at the Valley 11 days previous. Uh, let's have a listen to the goals uh, from Charlton TV. Your commentator up there at Edgeley Park was Terry Smith. Lavelle makes his way into the box, as does Mitchell. 
Cross comes in, it's into the near post, Stone the keeper saves it away, and it's deflected in! Didn't see who got the last touch, Lavelle's got his arm up, but I have no idea where that came off, it was swung into the near post, Hinchley flapped at it a bit, as he flapped at it, it bounced out, it's come off somebody in the six-yard box, couldn't quite see who it was, but Charlton... They've taken the lead here at Edgley Park. Horsfall and uh, Aniko, and it's Horsfall got something on it, as did Aniko. Drops back and oh, off the post! And another deflection. Cannoned off the post. I didn't see who got the last touch, but Stockport have equalised here. The original shot was a thunderbolt. Came off the left hand post and back out straight to a, bl a blue shirt. It's one all here at Edgeley Park. Forward to Hippolyte. He's got space to turn Hippolyte as well. Drills it across into the penalty area. Wooten with a touch. It's another touch. Has found the goal. It might be Collar again. Wooten with the touch in the penalty area. Collar with the run into the towards the edge of the six-yard box. Met the touch. Let's put the home side Comes in the lead. Take this throw parallel to the corner of the Charlton penalty area. Gets it back from Crankshaw. Crows down in support. Ball into Collar. Collar finds right in the penalty area. He tees up Crankshaw. Back in that might be a penalty to dive in and a penalty to Stockport. Crankshaw went for the return. Little touch by right into his path, and as he stopped on the ball, dragged it back inside. Sue it was who uh, collided with him actually gave the referee an easy chance to make penalty now take, uh, taken and scored by Collar it's his hat-trick yes. and 3-1 well that was an absolute bloody disaster wasn't it um, early lead for the addicts but I fell apart and we were so 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 poor we embarrassed ourselves on, on national TV Mark and uh well, I've pick, pick pick whichever part of the performance you want to talk about and slag that off for a few minutes. Um, <laughs> what can I say? I, I think it, none none of it worked. I mean, I think if you take look at the team, they strengthened theirs for this for the tie because they brought Madden back in. Now, Paddy Madden has been around for years, and he he really knows what he's doing. And you're putting him in up against a back three of Claire Lavelle and Mitchell. Now, I actually thought Mitchell wasn't the worst player on the pitch. I thought probably him, uh, our pain, he looked a bit lost. And I know he's not the favourite of the um, Charlton Live boys. I didn't think Lavelle had the worst game. Um, but that was literally, those three were five out of tens. Everyone else was below that. I think if you take... Um, Campbell and Chin out the equation because I'm giving them a pass because they're kids. They they weren't they they weren't knowing what they were doing. They they couldn't beat anyone. They didn't know whether to stay and defend or try and attack. And then it was passed and try and give it to somebody. After ten minutes, I realised Morgan was playing because it anonymous. And I don't think it proves. I mean, I'm, I was always a huge Jake fan, but I think his best time is behind him for us and I don't think it works him and Morgan together because they both like to spray a pass about and we had no one open for it. Kirk I don't even know why I bothered taking his boots last night because he just wandered around looking lost but 
I don't know whether it's because of personnel. Uh, Chucks, again, as I said at start, can't start a game. Um, McGivray, there was one where he wasn't sure whether he could handle it because it was a back pass and booted it and vet, it just he just looked nervous. I just thought this was an opportunity. You know, put, okay, you might say, oh, I don't want to throw McGivray under the bus after what he did on Friday night, but why not put Maynard Brewer in? Maynard Brewer is a decent young keeper. If we were going to lose, it's it's... It, you know, I'm not pointing a finger at any one player. I'm pointing a finger at all of them. Claire, for the for the second goal, oh, he just let the guy go. And fair play to Stock, Stockport deserved it. They played well. And I said, you know, in the first game, their number seventeen, Rydell, the fullback, really impressed me. And he impressed me again last night. He's a player I'd love to see playing for us. I don't think he's a player we'd we'd get, but at a moment in time, because we'll probably pass each other as they come up and we go down. But and then. The subs, again, t- taking Chucks off at half-time, was saying, right, we, we do have no threat up front now. I'd have rather saved him and brought him on for a second. I'd say we'd been 2-0 down. I mean, you brought him on for the last 30 with Corey and Jez or whatever, and then you go for it. OK, we might have still lost, but it might have been a bit more exciting. You know, there's, because there was no World Cup game and a lot of people in football saying, right, we need to watch something, we'd probably... Did have a few more people watch us last night, and they'd have been laughing their bums off at us because we just looked like eleven strangers who turned up and said, "Right, have you ever played together?" No, we just well, let's just kick and rush it. And like I say, I did feel sorry for the kids. I always say, yeah, it's a learning experience. It's a cup game, so is it the worst thing? You know, Warsaw at home in the next one, possibly if we'd gotten done that, it would have been a nice, you know, more money. And definitely winnable, but when you look at it, and you go, you know what? We don't deserve it. It's fair play to Stockport; they scored. I mean, they tried to get Dobson sent off, which was ridiculous because when he that guy went into that post, it was a nasty clang. But again, I think they got very brave because Chucks wasn't on the pitch with pushing people around and no big Ryan to protect people. So, you know, as analysis goes, we scored a lucky goal. We didn't look like we were going to make any threat at all. We had too many people disappear on the night, and I don't. I don't want to see these people representing Charlton because there's there's no heart. There was no fight, and there's a couple of times like Mitchell's gone up the pitch and he's got the ball, and you're thinking he's there's no one overlapping or running, and he's like, well, I've got to go back, and then it goes back again, and you're like, oh my crikey, I'm, I'm glad I wasn't paying for it last night. Yeah, right. Well, let's have a listen to what Anthony Hayes made of the performance uh, up at Edgeley Park. Uh, this is what he had to say when I spoke to him after the game. Uh, I thought it was scrappy. Uh, I thought in the first half there wasn't much between either team. Uh, probably deserved to be uh, 1-1 at half-time. I thought second half there was a lack of flow to the game uh, for various reasons, stoppages and lengthy stoppages of collisions. Um, and I actually thought at one point in that in that half we started to get a foothold on the game they changed shape I tried to change our attacking shape a little bit um, but it's really disappointing to concede from a second phase of a, a wide free kick and, and to concede a penalty uh, it's a similar tale to, to the first leg and uh, well I guess defensively it's, it's been where Charlton struggled at times this season and as you said that, that second goal in particular I think completely unmarked when he hit it and, and, and Craig will probably feel like he should have done better as well yeah I, I think to start with our, our line from there free kick is too deep uh, we don't track a, a run because we ball watch and 
and obviously uh, by the time Maka sees it, it's probably a little bit too late. So the, the damage has been already done. So it's really disappointing, and, and it's something that we have to we have to eradicate from our performances if we're going to have any chance of picking up some points and winning games of football. Yeah, I mean the performance as a whole. I think a lot of Charlton fans will probably be a bit concerned about coming to a, to a League Two side and, and losing. Obviously, you did make some changes, but they they were they, they were on top and in spells in that second period. Yeah, listen, they're they're a team that's in that's in good form. They're very good at what they do, and, and I don't think second half. Uh, after that big collision down in the uh, in the end line with George, um, I think it gave them a little bit of a lift in terms of their crowd. Uh, but what we didn't do well enough is we didn't move our feet well enough. We gave away too many fouls, and they're very effective at what they do. Uh, they get bodies into the box. They got good profiles. They do a lot on, on second phase, and and that's where we've come on stuck. In terms of coming into the game, how did you find sort of preparing for for the game as the caretaker boss? Difficult. It's not been an easy forty eight hours. Um, but of course, we've a group of players to prepare and a, and a cup tie that we wanted to win and progress into the third round. But obviously, Walsall as a as a home tie, so it's not been a comfortable couple of days. But um, you know, uh, we trained on uh, Tuesday morning. We came up yesterday afternoon. We had some good meetings today. But uh, at the end of it, uh, we've lost a we've lost a cup tie three one, and we have to focus now on the league. Right there we go. I mean, if, dreadful performance up at Stockport last night. You know, like I said, I think it's the first time we've been knocked out of the FA Cup by. A league, a lower league opposition since the Colchester game under Carol Fryer, which was not exactly a high point of our uh, of our history. Um, well, let's look ahead to what we hope will uh, sort of not become another low point. But we're tra- travelling up to Morecambe on Saturday. That's a long old drive. Uh, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a difficult difficult journey to get up there. It looks quite. It looks like it's going to be quite chilly. I hope. Hopefully, they'll, they'll have the uh, the frost covers on. Uh, before we get up there, tough game against uh, a Morecambe side to a uh, bottom uh, of the League One table uh, as it stands. Um, they gave us uh, a couple of d- difficult games last season, of course, as we uh, remember. Uh, they've only got one home win all season, uh, has uh, Derek Adams' side. So I spoke to Anthony Hayes after the game at Stockport and just asked him to look ahead to the uh, the Morecambe game. First of all, I actually asked him if he was still confident he'll be in charge for that clash uh, with the Shrimpsers on uh, on uh, Saturday. Yeah, I, I, until I'm told otherwise, it'll just be a case of I'll be preparing the team and it'll be a case hopefully we can get a couple of bodies back into the group. Obviously, Jaden's suspension's over. We didn't have Ryan in us today because he had a bit of a stomach bug yesterday. Uh, he reported that after training, so we didn't have Ryan involved. So hopefully them two will be available. Uh, we'll have to see how the the lads who played 90 came through and then we'll, we'll pick as uh, competitive 11 as we can going into Morecambe. What sort of work can you put in, into them between now and the weekend? I mean, is, is there a style that you're going to try and imprint on the side that, that would be any different to, to what Ben does? Is there any, any changes you're looking at making? Uh, no, not specifically. I think uh, I think where we have to improve as a team, uh, we've had some real good domination and control with the ball, but what we haven't done is dominated games by creating enough chances and then stopping the opposition team creating their own chances. So we have to be better at dominating games by creating more chances in the opposition and and being probably more clinical in the final third tonight we haven't worked the goalkeeper anywhere near enough when, when a manager's let go obviously a lot of focus is on, <coughs> on the manager who's gone but the, the players have obviously played a big part in this season not, not going how Charlton fans would have expected will they have a lot of sort of self-reflection to do between now and the weekend yeah of course it's a, it's a collaboration uh, you know the players are hurting in there you know it's uh, we're not winning football matches we're, I, think, I think it's our sixth game now without a win um, we're obviously out of the FA Cup uh, a competition that we wanted to get to a minimum third round for a club like Charlton third round should be the minimum that we uh, that we enter um, or, or stay in at 
Um, so yeah, listen, the players are hurting, staff are hurting, the club we're, we're hurting at the minute. But the only the only way we can move forward is by everyone pulling together and the players in that changing room and a couple that will join them are the only ones that can turn it around. Yeah, and, and the Morecambe game coming up, obviously, it becomes a big game for Charlton. Seven points of the players, but also seven points above the relegation zone. And on a poor run of form, fans will, will start to be a bit concerned with the injuries as well that have come up. What's the, the message that you're putting into the players before this big game on Saturday? Um, well, first of all, tonight, uh, we have to get them recovered. I'd like to do some sort of review of this game because there'll be some good learning from us to take from it. Uh, but ultimately, we have to go into Morecambe, Bristol Rovers, and we have to start picking up some points. That starts with obviously us defending collectively uh, and then when we have the football we've got more than good enough players that can go and control games and hurt the opposition and, and like I say going back to it I think we have to be better at uh, dominating games by creating more chances than the opposition and nullifying their threats. And what, what sort of threat will, will more compose on Saturday? I know, I know they're bottom but they gave Charlton two real good games last season. Yeah, it's one of those where I'll watch probably a couple of their games tomorrow and on the last couple of games they've changed shape. Um, again, they're a side that are are effective at what they do and there's no easy games in this division so we know it's going to be uh, it's going to be another tough encounter and, and mentally and physically we have to be prepared to go and compete there we go so I mean Lewis we've hit some pretty low points uh, so far already this season um, we need we need three points you know seven points above the relegation zone seven points off the playoffs it's mad to think that if we win we could like if, if, if a hat full of results went our way we could even eat to back to within four points of the playoffs that's how tight league one is at the moment but we need something it's winless in six or seven depending on if you're counting the uh penalty shootout win over stevenage we are miles off it and we're probably going into it hopefully with with ryan in his back it sounds like he was sick over the uh during the week and and obviously with Jaden stockley back as well we, we need a lift big time Massively, mate. Yeah, you know, and and as you say, I think I don't know if it shows that the league's tight or that the league's terrible. You know, if we can be four points in the playoffs the way we're playing, if we get a win Saturday, then I think that just highlights how poor this division is. But it won't be an easy test, will it? You know, they our record against teams at the bottom of the table this year is has not been favourable, is it? We had it with MK and obviously up at Burton as well. So going away to Morecambe, long trip, freezing cold. You know they're they're bottom at the moment for a reason, but it's one of those games where I think it's going to be very very difficult. Um, typically, Stockton got his first goal of the season last week as well, didn't he? So hopefully that isn't a, a floodgate opener. But it doesn't sound like he's been anywhere near as effective. But either, either way, you know I think even the game there last season was a bit of a whirlwind. So I think it's going to be a, a fairly entertaining one. But as you say, we have to get a win. You know we have to win this game. It'd be interesting to see if, if Anthony does anything differently to bring Jaden Stockley into the game now that he's back. If he changes the system up a little bit um, to try and get him playing to his strengths, I don't know. Because if he does, then that could be huge for us. But it's going to take a little bit longer, I think, than a few days to make that happen. So, look, it's, it's a very, very important game. You know, we, we've got to go up there with some confidence. We've got to try and win it. Um, but, you know, Morecambe are going to be no mugs. And I think we've shown already twice this season that you cannot underestimate the team at the bottom of the division so it's it's a bigger game for for us than it is for them that's for sure mm, excellent stuff right we've uh, come to the end of this week's big match uh, preview yet another show where we've been discussing the departure uh, of a manager from Charlton Athletic Football Club uh, not out of the FA Cup as well and uh, pro protest looking like they're getting ready to be ramped up against the owner Thomas Sangar once again uh, we find ourselves in a bit of a difficult situation with the club absolute chaos at the valley behind the scenes and uh, yeah difficult times ahead once more for the Charlton fans right thanks to everyone who's tuned in uh, to this week's show thank you to Lewis and to Mark for joining me 
Cheers, mate. Safe trip Saturday. Yep. Stay warm, mate. Get your thermals on. Yeah, it's uh, going to be a long old day there and back. Going to try and stop and watch the England game somewhere as well, which hopefully will keep us uh, a bit more cheered up. Right, thanks for listening. I'm Louis Mendes. We'll see you again on Sunday. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.